0: The hour to which the podcast adjourned having arrived, the podcast is now in order.
1: Let's gavel in for this week's State House Takeout with the reporters on top of Beacon Hill at the State House News Service. Here's Sam Doran.
0: It was a long week and hey, Wednesday felt like the longest day. It was Joint Rule 10 day that we've talked so much about and we didn't get it trending on Twitter this year, did we? I know we try sometimes. Hashtag JR10Day.
1: I don't, I don't think we really tweeted it this year, so that might have something to do with that.
0: I, um, well, you might have noticed I tried retweeting some of you guys' old tweets about hashtag JR10Day, um, but they didn't seem to catch on.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think I used it maybe once, but uh, without Garrett Quinn to troll. Garrett, if you're out there listening, we miss you.
0: That was 2016 that... Andy Metzger even tweeted at Kanye West and asked for his help to get yeah. JR ten day tweeting, but
1: <laughs> and we're still waiting for Kanye to tweet back.
0: Ah, yee. that's uh, Katie Lennon, Matt Murphy, and uh, Chris Lasinski. Hi, folks.
3: Hey, Sam. Weird energy today.
1: <laughs> Chris, wondering what he got into. Uh, 2016 was high time. These joint rule 10 (laughs) days. It's Chris's first
3: joint
2: rule 10 day. Hey,
3: congrats. uh, Thank you. Thank you. I survived, as did we all. Yeah,
0: yeah. Because uh, that was the apocryphal day that extension orders uh, flowed into the clerk's offices all day long as uh, the deadline for reporting. Hmm? Apocryphal?
3: (laughs) I don't think you're using that word. Oh, no, I'm not. No.
0: (laughs) Apocalyptic?
1: No, I don't know what. It wasn't that either. I don't know what
0: word I was going for. Thanks for catching that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like I remember it.
0: Yeah. It it it, it definitely it did happened. exist. Yeah. Yes. Not just the stuff of myth it and legend. It was not fake news. It, it I promise. We reported on
2: it, and it was real news. Oh, every
0: minute yes, of it. Yes. <laughs> we were there as committee staff paraded in, bearing stacks of paperwork, and. One high profile topic after another, because there were a lot of high profile bills involved, uh, were jammed into orders that sometimes included 20, 30, 40. Um, 60 bills, uh, from abortion to drug use to immigration and higher ed funds, other different issues, um, granting themselves more time with these orders or sending them off to study and and uh, killing off some of these bills for the rest of the session. Um, this involved smashing through their own self-imposed deadline on some issues to, to deal with certain proposed laws and um, we can talk a little bit more later in the, in the podcast about, I don't know, what this all means for uh, the nature of deadlines, but um, let's talk a little bit about some of the bills that were sent to study, just because we can run through a few of these quickly, um, and in particular, a few of the governor's bills that he had filed uh, got sent to the grave, right?
1: Not a great set of results for the governor out of the Judiciary Committee, which included a, a few of his different bills in study. And those are proposals dealing with drug driving, um, penalties for repeat child rapists. That's the uh, the Wayne Chapman bill there, um, yeah. a, a refile from last session. And in addition, his uh, explicit images bill, something the lieutenant governor, too, has been really... Um, strongly promoted governor's council to address sexual abuse and domestic violence. I think I got that mouthful of a name right in there, right. but um, that's the teen sexting and revenge porn bill. All of those three were sent to study. So pretty much a dead end in a study order. So right. things can always, it's tough to kind of talk about joint rule 10 day and the, outcomes of the bills because there are no real absolutes. You know, something can get favorably reported out of committee and then die in ways and means. Something can get an extension order and then get extended two more times or come out right away and something can get pulled out of a study.
0: Rules can always be suspended. Exactly. On Beacon Hill, anything can happen. Um, and, And that Wayne Chapman bill is different from the governor's dangerousness bill, right?
1: Yes, the dangerousness bill um, has to do with uh, kind of pre-trial bail and dangerousness hearings uh, making it easier to hold someone before a trial that was I believe inspired by the, the death of a Weymouth police officer. also a refile from last session. so a couple proposals that haven't sure. The dangerousness bill, I should mention, too, Ghana, is one of the many, many bills that were included in extension orders this week. So more time for the committee to decide what it wants to do there. Oh,
0: okay. Well, let's talk about some of what else was extended. And uh, we should mention that on our website, on statehousenews.com, we do have... Um, uh, complete coverage of all the bills that were included in all these extension orders and um, we've got copies of all the study orders as well I believe um, so you can follow up on any issue that you're interested in there but um, uh, well before we get into the extensions wh- what is the point of this rule and without getting into the whole discussion of the minutia of the legislative rules what purpose does it serve just to set yourself a deadline like this Um, why set yourself a deadline if you're just going to break it? And there there are some legitimate answers to this. Uh, What do you think, Matt and Chris?
2: Yeah, well, I, I guess my short answer is everybody needs a deadline, right? We need a deadline. Uh, legislators certainly need a deadline. Uh, the end of session per year uh, that comes about, and you know, at the end of June or the end of July certainly sharpens their focus and, and gets them to act on a lot of things. And this is no different for the committees. Like, like Katie just said, this there's no absolutes here. There's no guarantee that if your bill moved forward, for instance, that it's on the fast track to passage, and or, or if it was extended, it's not going to... to get uh, a good close hard look or or that its chances are diminished. Uh, This is just a point in the session uh, where committees can kind of uh, take uh, take an assessment of where they are. Uh, Some, if they're ready to move forward, they can move them out. Uh, and, and show the work that they've done so far. And, and on a, a lot of bills, uh, they uh, they need more time. Uh, but I think one of the things we see in these extension orders is that they do have to give a date certain. Uh, and there's uh, some things that can be read into that. The, the sports betting bill comes to mind, particularly uh, one we talked about in the office that was extended only until February 28th, suggesting maybe, just maybe, they're getting closer.
0: Possible that you might extend a bill to satisfy advocates or proponents and maybe harbor secret thoughts of not actually intending to shift it?
2: Sure. I mean, yeah, I, I think that's absolutely uh, possible. I, I don't know that uh, it's just a way to, to give yourself cover with advocates. I mean, we saw hundreds, probably thousands, I haven't counted them all, <laughs> uh, just sent off to study, which is essentially uh killing them off it's it's a lot of the bigger issues that get extended and i think that's because they're working with these advoca- advocacy groups to see if they can get to a place where all parties are comfortable and uh sometimes that takes time uh you know uh, some of the rent control bills i know chris was looking at those got extended and that's certainly an issue that you know maybe it's maybe it's not going to be ready this session but it's it's something that's still very much Uh, I think, in play, and you never know with these bills if uh, they're extended because leadership is eyeing uh, maybe the concepts for inclusion in a bigger, broader omnibus bill later on in the session, and they really don't have much hopes at all.
0: What was your impression, Chris, on those uh, rent control bills?
3: We haven't really seen all that much traction in the legislature so far on rent control other than, you know, a few dozen members and uh, quite a lot of vocal advocates about it. So it was somewhat interesting to me to see those extended rather than sent to study and kind of ruled out at this point. And like Matt was saying, I wonder... I don't know what the chances of those are, but I wonder if those are extended solely because there seems to be a lot of hope that the branches are going to do a bigger housing push sometime this session. Um, The governor's housing choices bill was not in play on Joint Rule 10 Day, of course, because that had already come out of the housing committee a few weeks earlier. So I think that that falls under the umbrella of of what Matt was talking about, something that might come into play in a, a bigger package later this year.
2: Yeah, I was just going to say, I think Chris maybe said what I was trying to say oh, a okay. little bit better. You know, it's just, uh, you know, maybe rent control is on the agenda. Maybe it's not. But uh, this is uh, in the realm of things that are being debated with housing very much on the agenda. And you don't close anything. I, I think that's why sometimes these bills get extended life.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned sports betting as one of those. And Colin Young had a great story about um, possible movement on on the sports betting issue uh what are some of the ones uh some of the other ones that got extended we saw roe act safe communities uh the cherish act right got an extension
1: yeah that's the um the higher education uh investment bill it's the the second prong i guess of the the fund our future school funding campaign um and really it's you know we, we saw advocates at the state house making a, a push for that just this past week, and that's the kind of thing that maybe could come up in other ways, too. You know, a lot of those, that's a multi-year bill, but that's something you might see come into play in the budget. You know, education funding is an annual issue. It's always in the budget, higher ed and K-12, to and... There, There's a chance on something like that that lawmakers could want to see how the budget process goes before making any decisions on the head on that. Save it for next year or, you know, a to be determined future legislative session or anything of the like. Sure.
2: Yeah. You know, lobbyists, lawmakers and, and other people sometimes tend to mark progress on issues like this. Uh, very incrementally. And just because it's not going to get past this session doesn't mean uh, that they haven't advanced it in some way. I, I like to think back. I used to talk to Senator Mark Pacheco about this. He used to file a minimum wage bill constantly. And this was before we had Uh, The ballot law, you know, we have now a steady minimum wage increase is going into effect. But he used to say, oh, yeah, you know, I I filed this because I have to file it every year. And it'll probably take five years, you know, multiple sessions. And then it will come back around and it will be seriously considered. But we have to have it on the table here. So a lot of these bills will continue to get worked on, and uh, maybe if they can get out of committee, just get out of committee uh, with a rewrite and, and maybe some uh, you know, stamp of approval and some ideas, that's a, a way to forward it so when it gets filed next session, it starts from a better place.
0: Next session, the proponents can say, hey, the committee did... Uh, recommend some form of this last time around and that's some kind of consensus at least within the lawmakers who work on this issue group and exactly yeah it makes it more appealing to the upper leadership to move forward yeah that's a good point Matt that is Um, let's talk a little bit about where action was taken where the deadline was uh, stuck to by lawmakers and in particular the transportation committee um, did employ this deadline to move a few bills on Wednesday on deadline day um, one of those was uh, the bill to allow undocumented immigrants to apply for driver's licenses. And uh, we had had folks hunger striking in the building all week, who then were able to break their hunger strike when they got the news from, uh, I think, vice chairman of the committee. Adrian Madero is the one who went down there and, and, and shared that with them.
1: Yeah, I was going to say on that, I, I don't know if the, the deadline there is the impetus so much as a, you know, nurses hall full of hunger strikers <laughs> for three consecutive days. That's a kind of a a tough thing to to take more time on when people are are literally missing days worth of meals in the process
2: so it used to be ballot questions were the uh the leverage to pull you threaten a ballot question and then you get the legislator legislature to act now you yeah you forego food
1: maybe i mean you know i i in the you know Years I've been up here now, I I haven't seen hunger strikes before and now we've got two in the span of a week. So maybe that is the, the new way to compel action.
0: Right. There's that other hunger strike uh, from that Boston University professor um, in regards to the Weymouth compressor station. So I don't know. Chris, do you think DEP would respond to a hunger strike like the Transportation Committee did?
3: Well, DEP, of course, can't advance bills out on its own. But I, I do <laughs> believe um, that our, our, the other Chris in our newsroom was over at DEP and they're scheduling a meeting with uh, Professor Phillips uh, today uh, regarding the oh, Weymouth right. compressor. That's so today. Uh, clearly that you know, prompted some action as well. Yeah.
1: The other Chris in our newsroom who is so ably handling the uh, the sound side of this podcast and has to listen to all of our bad takeout puns.
2: Hi, Chris. He doesn't have a microphone, so he can't. Respond. <laughs> but, yes, yeah, Sam, to, you, uh-huh. to your point, uh, the Transportation Committee was actually a pretty uh, – or one of the lone kind of – bright spots on right. on Wednesday uh, they did move forward some bills including that undocumented driver bill which i think was a uh, you know at least to me a bit of a surprise i wasn't necessarily expecting them to be ready yeah. uh, to act on that but the they,
0: transportation bond bill was the big one that they were moving right after the governor said earlier in the week that he wanted to see it move
2: absolutely and but you know the bond bill Sure. It's interesting that they were able to get it out by uh, the deadline. Uh, it's an $18 billion long-term borrowing bill on par with the governor's proposed spending. They, they did make some changes. For instance, uh, there's no allocation of uh, future transportation climate initiative money in there. Uh, Chairman Strauss saying TCI doesn't exist, so we can't allocate something that doesn't exist. They also cut things like the governor's proposed tax credits for telecommuting, uh, they don't see that as you know necessarily relevant to long-term spending. Uh, mm-hmm. We could see that come up in the in the transportation debate, but the bond bill was always something I think we knew was going to get in some fashion. the The driving bill is a different story.
0: Katie, you were at the uh, Greater Boston Chamber of Commerce earlier this week when the governor gave his breakfast speech there. Um, That's right,
1: bright and early. Bright
0: and early. What, seven thirty eight?
1: I certainly wasn't there at 7.30, but I believe some people were. <laughs>
0: some people were, for some reason. Uh, well, to hear the governor speak. And uh, he laid out the different areas where he wants to see the legislature uh, act by July 31st. So how did his priorities stack mm-hmm. up with what the legislature extended for itself to to enable mm-hmm. itself to keep working on?
1: So no no big surprises there from the governor in his chamber speech. If you've If you've heard him kind of lay out his priorities recently, whether in conversation with reporters, in his state-of-the-state speech. Pretty much anytime he's behind a microphone, we know what he wants done, right? It's his housing choices bill. It's the transportation bond bill. It's health care, his big old health care (laughs) bill. It's a big bill. 179 pages, so I keep hearing. Um, So that was kind of his chamber speech. He talked about his... um, New vocational skills initiative that's in the budget. So that's not a, a joint rule 10 day eligible proposal, if you will. Um, neither is the healthcare bill. For reasons unbeknownst to me, the Healthcare Financing Committee has a separate deadline. Oh, right. They don't have the same early February date as everyone else. Theirs is late March. I believe it's the 25th. So TBD on that one. They get their own JR10. Exactly. Um, and then, you know, the, the Housing Choices Bill, as Chris mentioned, that came out of committee in December mm-hmm. and is sitting. I believe in uh, in House Ways and Means now. Waiting for whatever may be next. Uh, probably not anything before the budget, since the House has to do transportation revenue first. They have said before the budget. Um, and the other one was the transportation bond bill that came out. The Governor talked a long time about his uh, kind of plans and hopes for for improving transportation service. Um, kind of foreshadowing his announcement later in the week of some additional MBTA shutdowns that are going to be coming.
0: All right. Well, folks, make sure to go to statehousenews.com and check out full lists, full House and Senate coverage with all the bills that were included in these extension orders, in these study orders, and we have full coverage and uh, a lot of other good stuff to read about there, too. As we wrap up this week, here are a few other topics to keep on your radar that we covered this week. On Thursday, the Senate rolled out a mental health reforms bill seeks to improve access to mental health and behavioral health care by identifying gaps in the system, enforcing equity laws, etc. Also on Thursday, a new DOT study estimated east-west rail expansion would only draw hundreds of riders a day with capital expenses totaling tens of thousands of dollars per new riders added. And on Wednesday, during a House session, House passed a bill post community agreements and the Cannabis Control Commission's oversight of those contracts. And uh, hey, this is a very auspicious evening that we're heading into. You know why? No. 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 <laughs> no? no why? This is the eve of House Speaker Robert DeLeo becoming the longest serving speaker in state history. Tomorrow is his 4029th day, 4029, when he shoots past Federalist Timothy Bigelow, <laughs> who hit this point in I guess 1820 or thereabouts. Do
2: you think DeLeo would have been a Federalist or a
0: I don't know. Do you think he would identify more with Hamilton or Jefferson? I guess we can always ask I,
1: him. I, I think, Something to you know, ponder over yeah. the weekend, for sure. Yeah. I'm gonna go
2: Hamilton
0: because in those days the house would oscillate back and forth between the Federalists, the Hamiltonians, and the Democratic Republicans, the Jeffersonians, and so that's why Bigelow was Speaker three times. It just went, you know, party to party.
2: Nothing about Bob DeLeo says small government to me, so I'm going Hamilton.
0: I can see him as a Federalist. Do we have consensus on this? The Speaker would like us to reach consensus.
1: I just got distracted trying to imagine the house switching party control a couple times, yeah. let alone once. <laughs>
0: How about that? Things to ponder. Hey, have a good weekend, folks. See you soon. See ya.
1: State House Takeout is a production of the State House News Service. And for a daily fix of State House headlines, visit MasterList.com. MasterList with two S's. Thanks again for listening. See you next week.